All right. How are folks feeling today? Um, doing well. Just did some volunteering. Uh, gave out 250 bags to uh, homeless here in Austin, and uh, it was awesome. Yeah, the, the part of it I miss. Uh, you know, pre-COVID, we were just out there. Every, you know, once every month. Uh, giving these bags out so got to do that again today was good yeah felt good awesome. I was actually wondering Roy um, have they heard about the decision the the vote from yesterday yes um, so it looks like the decision pa did pass uh, so they did reinstate the homeless ban or the camping ban same thing and, uh, which is a homeless ban yeah that's yeah, what basically. it is <laughs> it is what it is uh-huh and I had there's one guy that was uh, we talked to today. He was worried about it. You know, saying, hey, he was asking, hey, do you guys even know what they're going to do? And um, apparently they have a week to deliberate what they're going to do in the council. And then, um, yeah, some time after that to say exactly how it's going to be executed. So they can, yeah, they can change that as needed. There's a yeah. whole other fucking show. <laughs> mm -hmm. But who, yeah. are you, who, who do you volunteer with? So but this group is the Austin Atheist Helping the Homeless. Um, and then, uh, what is it? Uh, Foundation Beyond Belief. Sure, my shirt. <laughs> yeah, those, Foundation Beyond Belief uh, sponsors us. Yeah. Who are those? Can you find those on the website? If they go to your website, you'll link over. Uh, Facebook is yeah, mostly uh -huh. yeah, where we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna watch Lando for the rest of the show. Exactly. <laughs> He's such a cutie pie. Yeah, he, he really is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no, he's opening something up. Oh. Uh huh. I'll play Minecraft. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we are familiar with Minecraft. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ramesh. What are we talking about today? I think we've got a update coming and we are continuing to talk about police mm -hmm. violence and brutality. Unfortunately, yeah, this has been unfortunately a consistent theme on our show. Awful and, and tiring. Yeah. <sighs> mm. Consistent and in, in not just on our show. <laughs> it's, it's been around and and people who say they don't believe in it like lindsey graham i don't believe in systemic racism who is mm -hmm. this man does he <laughs> live in south carolina are you fucking kidding me yeah but when has he ever suffered from racism no, roy, how are you feeling roy roy peace with this, the language that we're using are we good with the all the oh, i'm sorry sorry Let's just. I don't even think he's paying attention. Oh, okay, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll be careful. <laughs> I'm very upset. The, the line that came into my head is, "You'll be dead." <laughs> Dang. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, uh -huh. some of us are Star Wars, and the others are careful. Trek. I'm Wars. You have a mix. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. I guess that's sort of a, I mean, that's more um, elitism, racism, uh, you know, even though I think a majority, and maybe I'm wrong about this, I don't know, because I don't live downtown, but I live on South Congress, and the majority of the homeless folks down here are white. I mean, there are some who are uh, Latino, and there are some who are Black, but 
the majority of them are white. And I think that's just reflective of what Austin is. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. What, what about y'all's neighborhoods? Um, so where I live, uh, most of the people that, yeah, off of, uh, yeah, where I live, there's mostly white folks. But like when we do our giveaways, uh, closer to downtown, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a huge uh, black population. Um, and then Hispanic as well. And then, yeah, that's, to me, that's like, a, it's a good, it, not when I want to say a good mix, but it's a mix of, uh, yeah, races there. I guess it's for me, it's Austin was downtown. always, I'm sorry. Yeah. For me, Austin was super striking. It was almost a culture shock when I moved at the, the amount of white folks and then a very progressive white folk. Right. And then realizing, Oh wait, these folks aren't actually as aligned with me as they say they are. No, um, no. So the, there was a whole, yeah. As process the 57% there. who voted for prop B have confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think Mike Siegel's tweet. Mike Siegel's tweet was amazing uh, on it because he said, "Yeah, it's it's interesting seeing these resist. It's something about seeing these resistance people vote for a prop fee. You know what I mean?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, right. nailed it because he had a picture of uh, it says you know Black Lives Matter, science is real. Da 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 da. It had that in the yard, and it had uh, recall. Uh, uh, what was her name? Sawant. Uh, golly, what's her first name? Sharma Sawant." Uh, in Washington, and it was like he had that picture, and then he tweet with it. And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the same thing, exactly." <laughs> it's funny y'all are saying this because a friend of mine in Georgetown, she's um, an organizer. She actually is. Mm. She's been campaign manager to several folks who have run, won incumbents, newcomers, all sorts of stuff. So she, I think she was running. I don't know how many of the campaigns she was running. But um, she did a Facebook Live this morning, and the thing that stood out to me was, and she was direct. Her name is Jaquita Wilson. So directly, I wanna, I she want you is. To introduce me. She, yeah, and she is straight looking at the camera, and she's saying, "Listen, y'all, you come to me, and you say." you want things to change and you pretend mm-hmm. basically she doesn't use this language but pretend to be progressives and i want change i want this mm-hmm. i want that you don't Mm-mm. you don't go out to vote and when you go out to vote you yeah, vote wrong exactly. yes. mm-hmm. i was just yeah thinking- you, y'all don't want things to change you just talk that was what the message i, I hope i'm i'm oh no i watched know, it too and that was dead that's on what i heard her say yeah yeah I, uh, that was yeah, what I we kind of uh, oh my god, I can't find the word uh, obscured this when we talked in the way we talked about the Trump election as well, right? We pretended it was this college uh, educated versus not college educated issue yeah. when in actuality it was you know very very race based, right? We pretended it was totally race based education, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those who are not in Austin or surrounding areas and listening to this, we had an election yesterday. Um, so that's what we're talking about. And and the city of Austin, this so-called progressive city, just 57% voted to basically ban uh, homeless people. But we'll still enthusiastically. Actually. <laughs> it's a it? reinstatement, but then it lapsed. And so, I mean, it, so it was there and then it lapsed. And so then they reinstated it. It either lapsed or we voted. I don't remember actually. How we, I, we got rid of it. Yeah, yeah we voted to get rid of it. And then and then it came back. I, I mean, it, I guess it's, back I have to yeah. say, it's the city council. Um, 
and and the people who are moving here from of course i i don't think these are austinites honestly who are voting for this unless they're you know just inherently wealthy austinites um but i i, I think that this is no longer a progressive town i think this is someone else uh -huh. I don't know. I think this town would declare itself progressive and emphatically, right? Everyone, right, like you right. were saying, has those signs in those in their front yards. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a there's a difference between like a, a a performative progressiveness and then you know actual values and all, all of that good stuff. But yeah. yeah, I think to be a certain member of a certain class in today's America, you have to at least name your progressiveness in a particular kind of way and be pro-diversity in, in a certain kind of way. Uh, but does that extend to homelessness? Does that extend to, yeah, actual, you know, when the push comes to shove? And I don't think it does. No, because it drives property values down. And that's mm -hmm. what we're all about is property uh, in this town. I mean, the what, tax uh, Matt, Yeah, what did Matt McCoviak say? Um, like, like uh, people, like uh, people are not going to want to come to UT if they see the home. Basically, is what he said. Like, yeah. cares? Like, Roy just, just made scared. the point that the drag has been the drag for how many decades? I grew and up that here. Not kept and... people away. Like, no, yeah. drag worms, drag worms never kept people away from that place. I mean, it's... It, it was why people came. It's like going to Berkeley. Like, it's... I couldn't wait to go back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> And also, yeah. for the record, we don't have any roads. So if you come here, know that you will not be able to go anywhere. <laughs> just well, move the Listen, you're welcome to come here. I just want you to know you're never going to be able to leave your house because we have no roads. Well, Aggressively push for public transportation. I think people should have to pay a public transportation creation tax if they move here. Yeah. I mean, I think that should be part like of the deal. Hundred thousand dollars, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, upfront. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no payment Boom. plans. I'm sorry, we don't do that. <laughs> so, I mean, really, I mean, ta what is California right now is taxing people who stay there over thirty days. So yeah. we got the numbers for the census for Congress. Mm. California lost a seat. Texas gained two seats. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, California lost a seat. <laughs> that has to be the first time in the state's history that it's ever lost a seat. Without yeah. without going underwater. Yeah. Without <laughs> land going right. underwater. And Everybody's you know here. You know, all in Austin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Texas yeah. is the only state to gain two seats. Uh, we gained, was it four last time and three the time before. So we are now up nine in the last three decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, the... Democratic and Republican states, there was a net gain of three seats for the Republicans. Okay. What what happens though, right? When when these folks move in, do we redistrict? Do we then re-gerrymander? How do so, these yeah, yeah. We, we're gonna redistrict the whole country? And based on what happened last time when we got three new districts. Sorry, yeah, three new districts. Um, tech, what Texas did was they made them all three white, and then the Supreme Court came back and said, since the white population and the Latinx population are almost identical in size, you can't make all three white. You can only make two white. <laughs> yeah. And force them to redistrict one of them, but then they never got around to it because they said they ran out of time. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. And so, uh, well, you know, they, the Supreme Court only gave them four years to fix it. And that's obviously not oh, long enough. Only four. Yeah. Yeah, so so I'm I'm just assuming these are two new white seats. Congratulations! Oh, absolutely, they're Republican. Wow. They're Republican seats. It's 
we cannot fucking win. <laughs> What's it going to take? We have to end this gerrymandering thing. Well, I mean, it could, it could, right? We, we have, you know, we've got to get something done before midterms, right? We have yes. time. We have the ability to, it's, it's the party's fault. Uh, to not, if they're not pushing legislation aggressively at this time period, right? In the next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's do the India update. So because yes. we're running out of time because today's show has to be a little short. Okay. Um, so for those of you who have been watching the news and seeing the the, the pictures, I mean it looks like uh Armageddon. And yeah. and I think what it does is it helps. Were you gonna say something, Ramesh? Yeah. The fact that it looks like Armageddon and we're showing dead bodies and all this when it comes to India, but we were having such discretion when Italy or New York City were facing similar things, right? Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I think, yeah, uh, when the bodies were coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan after 2003, well, 2001, we, be, you know, we, we didn't show that. We, we didn't let the press put those pictures up. Um, I think one of the things, though, that this clarifies is the confusion that people had about whether or not the third world was experiencing COVID and just, right, we, this is the age of cell phones. If the third world was being crushed by COVID, we would have seen the pictures. And, and one of the things that's really remarkable about India was that Modi had, had turned this into a nationalistic thing, that somehow India had avoided COVID because somehow India yeah. was magical and super nation. And he was selling all of the vaccines and, and then boom. So what, what it looks like has happened is there is a new strain of COVID in India that can mask itself to your immune system so that you're even if you've already had COVID or you've even been vaccinated, your immune system doesn't recognize it as COVID and it'll hit you again. And that's it's like more COVID. It's like more COVID. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. an autoimmune disease, so this does not bode well for me. Yeah, COVID plus. Uh, okay. Yeah, and this is going to continue to happen, right? If we don't have a constant, you know, if we don't vaccinate the globe, if we don't, you know, we're in this together. It's not like we're in these isolated countries where travel is not happening. If we don't let India get vaccines, then it's going to inevitably uh, mutate new variants, again. all this and come back here once again, once again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we have Bill Gates, right? Saying that, that he didn't want that technology to go out to, uh, you know, yeah. I guess India, you know, countries like that, you know, I mean, uh, third world countries, like, what? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. How dare we not enforce patents on a largely, you know, public dollar funded vaccine? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the American way, right? We have capitalism, but it's, it's publicly funded capitalism. But if you go into foreclosure, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and we'll make you illegal after you're homeless. Yeah. Well, if, even if you don't have boots. <laughs> Even if you do have boots, I don't care how much yoga you, you do, you can't pull yourself up by bootstraps. No. If your you boots can't. are on and you grab a hold of those straps, you will not yeah. fall over. So, it won't work. That's yeah. going to hurt too. Um, so I, I not I don't want to get away from India, but I did hear about North Korea dealing with COVID. Uh, you know me, Park is uh, she's amazing. She's a def defector, and um, she said uh, that there's actually a middle class uprising happening over there because even the middle class, which you know isn't saying much, uh, can't get food because they're not allowed out of their homes. 
because of COVID. So they're dying, not just of COVID, but of starvation, lack of water, um, because they're, they'll be rounded up and thrown in prison or shot on site if they're out of their house. So, I mean, it, these third world, and I consider them third, you know, they go dark at night, completely dark. So that for me is third world. But, um, and, and now he's, he's threatening us and he's, he's not popular. I mean, there's like active, there are people actively saying negative things about him in the middle path, which is kind of scary, but maybe something will happen. Like, like, you know, other uprisings and how, what about the farmers in India right now? They were having issues too. Oh, yeah, they were. Um, what's going? What's the, what is the latest on that? I haven't heard much more. From I don't know. I think COVID may have shut that down. Yeah. I don't know, but that's just compounded onto what they're dealing with now in Modi. He's ruined the first name Narendra forever for me. Just want to. I love that name. Really. <clears throat> all right we've we um it's been a couple of weeks or has it been three weeks it's been a couple of weeks since the three weeks since uh the conviction the conviction of because we've done two okay. shows that are not quite ready to talk and now there's this one so it's yeah three <laughs> yeah <laughs> um what do you all think it means First of all, why did it happen? Why had had it not happened before? And I mean, it took a police precinct being burned. It took like nationwide protest in every major city. And still it was, you know, just barely there, right? Just barely happening. So I think in that sense, it's the exception that proves the rule. If it took this much to get one conviction and very clearly, you know, um, in a very clear injustice, right? You know, we had all the evidence all lined up, all perfectly, all the witnesses, everything, and national attention on it, and still just barely it eked through. What does that mean for all the places where the evidence is a little bit more marginal or a little bit less clear, or you know, there isn't national attention or protest around this particular case? And, and I think if we look at the numbers, right, the overwhelming uh, numbers that that uh, you know, cops are not indicted and they're not convicted. Um, and even with that evidence you're speaking of, it was still this like, oh, what's going what's gonna to happen? Oh. Are going to get convicted? I don't know. You know, I mean, people are in Pens and Needles thinking, you know, what's going to happen? And it's like, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, he had to, he had to be uh, found guilty. If not, the city would have burned. You know I mean? The streets would have mm -hmm. burned. Like, yeah, you're right. So it, took, it takes that much to, you know, to get them to do a guilty verdict. But even still, in most cases, this is the exception to the rule, you know what I mean? Even with that, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it's like the protests, it's like, well, the protests are happening. It's like, well, when, when people like Kaepernick were kneeling, you know, people were kneeling, it's like, oh, this is disrespectful to our country and our mm -hmm. troops. Well, how dare you uh, protest quietly? Now you want to go burn stuff and, and demand that we do something about police you know, violence and stuff like that. How dare you? <laughs> so it's like, what do you want people to do? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> has to end. Qualified immunity should no longer ever be a thing. 
You are not above the law. You have these rules at work. And when you're at work, if you break the rules, you're fired or you're mm -hmm. reprimanded. I mean, but Susie, in so many cases, they're not breaking the rules. They're, they're performing exactly as they should be performing. They're that was the defense's argument. Right. The defense's argument was that Chauvin actually followed police po district policy. Yep. But I'm yeah, right. That's that's the problem. And then when the yeah. and then but when the, the bad cops then get fired, right? They they can just go to another department. Mm -hmm. It right. doesn't they don't look at at their past. And it's like what this guy was uh, you know, fired for beating several inmates. Unprovoked. Yeah, he had 18, 18, right? It was 18. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just mm -hmm. went to another department after he got fired. I, nobody yeah. cared to look into yeah. it. I mean, that's Imagine, the, yeah. yeah. And then didn't they, uh, was it after the Floyd ruling or was it after, I think it was that they flew the flag of the thin blue line. Was that them? Was that they who did that? Somebody did that after a case. They the the county or whatever raised the flag of the thin blue line. Seriously, I didn't but, didn't hear about that. Man, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but it, it's also worth pointing out that even before the verdict was read, like that, while the trial was going on, two more black people were murdered by the police. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, it's almost like they want to send of them a signal. A few blocks away. Yeah. 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 And wasn't there a, a, a sort of connection as well where F George Floyd's girlfriend was the teacher to that man or something like this at some point in time, which, yes. which was seen to highlight how it, you know, it disproportionately affects the same communities again and again and again. That's uh, right. Not like it's a random. Yeah. There I mean, obviously, we've been lynching in the United States for since 1876, if not 1865. And then prior to that, we have this ugly mark, you know, like one of the things that drives me nuts about taking down Robert E. Lee's statues. I also want to take down George Washington's statue. Um, like why are we stopping with him? Let's just yeah. keep going. Let's roll this thing all the way back. But um, I, I think there was also a mindset change that took place in the 80s that the police that took this up a notch. And, and I could be wrong about this. Probably a lot more research needs to be done. But when all the Reaganomics tax cuts went into effect in the 80s and, they, and then it swept from the federal to the state, to the city, to the county, and all, everybody was doing it now because it was the craze. Taxes are evil. Um, because a libertarian fairy will fly over your countryside sprinkling road dust and school dust and things will magically grow like mushrooms. Anyway, um, the, the same voters who had voted for the politicians who cut their taxes also wanted all the social services, all the, all the policing. They wanted more policing, in fact. They wanted to quadruple the size of the police. They wanted, you know, fire, they wanted schools, they wanted all that stuff. And so right. what happened was those counties and cities had to figure out how to get the, the voters what they wanted. And here's what they realized. The police could do it. The police yeah. could become basically the new taxing agency and it would be a random tax. So it'd be like the lottery, you just you, except that you lose. And then they could take all that funding and pump it into their programs and, and support it. And of course, one of the things that they realized real quickly was that brown and black people were a lot less likely to go to court and contest the tickets. 
And I think a, a whole extra predatory relationship was then established between the police departments and brown and black communities that on top of the already existing racist lynch mentality mindset that we had. Mm. They also have that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I just said the whole slave patrol sort of beginnings of of uh, policing in the in the U.S. So, and they're allowed yeah. to yeah. do that uh, civil forfeiture, or civil seizure, and <laughs> keep all of yeah. your stuff. That's I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, they can take your. Did car. you know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to find the statistics, but civil forfeitures amount to like in quantity more than all. Uh, what is it like all? Grand Theft Autos, all private home burglaries. Yeah, find the data. Find the data and share it. There was a guy who was driving across country and he um, had $3,000 in his trunk and he was going to buy a new car. And the cops pulled him over and and, uh, he looked suspicious. Uh, He was brown. And so they um, decided to search his car because they smelled marijuana, which he did not have in the car. And um, they they took that $3,000 and the car he was in and said, there is no reason for you to have this much cash on hand unless you're going to do a drug deal. And they just took it. All yeah. highway robbery. <laughs> I, ha- I have to say machine. something. I, I have to say something. So I found out, again, I'm a school teacher and I teach in a, a predominantly black and brown school, high school. I found out today that, not today, Friday, that there is a practice of smelling students' fingers. Mm-hmm. They go around smelling students' fingers. Um, I heard from, oh. a, yeah, because oh. at first I thought they were kidding. It's like, ew, like what? You know, I know no. what I would be doing every time. Me too. I was, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Wow. What do you mean? What is that black and brown shit? I don't know. <laughs> Find out. You tell me what that is. They literally go to the classroom and and hold or ask. I don't know how they do it. Anyway, they sniff students' fingers. That's crazy. What is, okay, so to what end? Because because they're thinking like there's so many different ways they could be using marijuana, right? Oh, but they're still thinking they're smoking it. That's what. Just like light a serious? cigarette after you, you get high, right? You just light a cigarette and hold it, and it's gonna make everything stink. It- also, as an alternative, there's. Yep. 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 Yeah. Constantly. Constantly. <laughs> making sure that it's you know consistent throughout the day because you know <laughs> dang what's wrong with people they don't do Apparently that to happen, the whole the whole leadership of the high school ascends on my co-workers classroom because somebody some some assistant principal goes by and smells marijuana right they uh. ascend they ascend on this classroom and the teacher is a black man. The leadership is all black and brown. It, none of this matters. None of this. This man has actually 
I don't want to go into details. Like he has a history. Mm-hmm. So imagine they are in his classroom at one point. None of my coworkers listen to this, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I got to stop. I went too far. Anyway, it's just bad. It's bad. Yeah. For, for civil asset forfeitures, more than all burglaries in the United States combined, civil asset forfeitures uh, are higher in value. So more than $5 billion worth of civilian assets, oftentimes these are people who are never even convicted of a crime or by police, mm-hmm. never given back, even if they're found innocent of that crime or anything like this, even if they're never, you know, no crime. Uh, are seized by cops across the country. This is more than all the yeah. I mean, it's like the cops kill 100 people <laughs> so, a month yeah. that we think, right? That's the sociological estimate, right? That the cops mm-hmm. are killing, because the cops don't have to report when they murder somebody. So some right. police departments do, some don't. So, um, but terrorists kill like 30 people a year. I think the solution is we put the terrorists in charge of policing our streets so we can get the fatality rates down. <laughs> well, if you're considering... <laughs> What the, about <laughs> the burglars need to be in charge of our security because they're stealing yes. less than the cops are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I just think we're, we've got the wrong. And then also, what counts as that? Because on, on the other hand, if you look at wage theft, wage theft is a much, much, much bigger problem than all robberies combined bank robberies, yeah. rep- residential robberies, convenience store, street robberies, all of the stuff that we put so much attention to that we fear monger over to is less than the amount that employers are stealing from employees in wage theft. And then not having to pay for, right? They pay dimes on the dollar for this wage theft if they are ever, you know, uh, brought to account, uh, which is, you know, a lengthy, terrible process for these employees who don't have access to legal resources and month-long trials and all of this. Right, right. And then to add one more weird thing, I don't think people realize this, but we have debtors' prisons in the United States. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, the, Texas uh, has debtors' prisons. Yeah, yeah I'm waiting. The, uh, I'm just uh, waiting. Cash, cash bail, right? Cash bail. I mean, that's, yeah. no, that, there's actual debtors prisons on top of that so it's not just that when you, you you can't pay your bail i mean we actually so we hit you with a with with a penalty you can't pay it we'll put you in jail yeah i mean how is that any different than 19th century charles dickens england it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not at all and it and it's frightening and i don't and people aren't people aren't aware of this kind of stuff you know they don't they don't and pay it's attention all focused in the justice system it's yeah. all yeah and it's like it's like saying that uh the same that uh police are there to uh to make sure capitalism is you know is, is still there like we saw the, the i don't know if you saw the, the video of the old woman who got her, you know she uh, got beat by the cops pretty oh, basically yeah. made um, fun of her that? yeah they made fun of her yeah exactly and it's like um all because it's like 13 bucks or something like that from Walmart um, that she did she didn't pay for some item. But then the, uh, Walmart is like, they called the cops anyway. And then, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to let you go. She was 73. They dislocated her shoulder. And it's because of capital, you know what I mean? They got to protect capitalism. That's part of it too as well. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And in the meantime, yeah. Mnuchin is stealing how many billions of dollars worth of bailout money in the, yeah. uh, the 2008 economic crash. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? We make him Secretary of the Treasury. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, white collar crimes, they're okay. They're okay. It's totally permissible. Not yeah. a bad thing. Uh-huh. Oh, it was, uh, it was Minnesota after Dante Wright was shot and mm-hmm. killed that the cops raised the thin blue line flag oh wow 
Well, I know, um, what was it the 16 year old that the cop shot up right after that? They said, yes. uh, you know, when the, the uh, community came out and, you know, they're, they're uh, saying, why did you do this pretty much? Is that, you know, blue, blue lives matter? Mm -hmm. so yeah. that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I wonder, has anyone seen a poll as to what the general public feels about the cops? Like, are most people afraid of them or are most people like, oh yeah, no, this is, they're doing okay. They've got a few bad apples. Um, uh. <laughs> or I mean, I would think I'm terrified. I don't want to stop for the cops. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I've seen so many things. I've watched so many documentaries of these cops pulling women over, usually of color and raping them, you know, and it's like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, the, the abuse of power is just overwhelming. I, I don't, why aren't we vetting these these fucking people you know we I can't mean, the the way these these sort of machines and systems are set up is such that we can't vet them uh the protections for cops when it comes to employment when it comes to police associations all of this make it so that it's really really difficult even if you have city level support mayoral support all of these other kinds of uh, support from your political leaders it's still impossible <laughs> to, to to intervene in policing in a particular kind of way uh, you know, in addition to that, sheriffs are sort of, uh, right, they're not subordinate to mayors or to city councils. They sort of exist in parallel structure to them, which is, yeah, frightening. <laughs> which is a reason to merge the counties and the cities. Mm -hmm. There's no reason yeah. to have these two separate entities or political entities other than things like this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you need that piece too, because I mean, uh, right, Trump's Find an executive order saying, you know, hey, we're gonna um, track, you know, cops who, who who do horrible, you know, uh, things like, you know, kill people or like, um, you know, um, you know, brutality and stuff like that. But the Democrats also post in their same bill the same kind of thing. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have a list, a database of, uh, you know, the same kind of deal. But I think you need that you need that city or county, whatever whichever entity, uh, to help out. It. That regard. And to fight back collectively against mm -hmm. Abbott and, and these kinds of things coming in and telling our city what we can and can't do and how threatening to put state police in our streets, you know, mm. that's, we've got, if we had more, maybe the entire okay. county saying, no, that's not what we do. You don't do that. You don't overrides, yeah, but, mm -hmm. you know, local, what's the point in having a fucking local government? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what people want, though. They, they, they want police presence to be there. They're scared of property damage or whatever else, looting and downtowns losing value and all of this crap. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they, they want state police intervention. And we're back. Actually, I think, you know, happy to see that uh, when it came to George Floyd protests. I, I think that's scenario, true along color lines. I think, yeah, yes. I think Sorry. Asian people yes. want the police. But I think black people have learned that the yeah. police are not their allies. Yeah. Well, and then, here's where the AM folks, Arab Muslims and Middle Easterners get, yes, who are not black, get, or, or Latinx, get, here's the very strange, you just said whites and Asians. And I, I am constantly having to talk to folks so many of my Iranian friends in Austin voted for Prop B. Yes. It is so, and it was, there was no 
I, I, I just stopped arguing even about it. Did you see all the student, uh, the student ads, these young, Mm -hmm. these young women saying, I don't feel safe with Oh, the safety. Yeah. It was all about safety. Yeah. But it was all women. It was all these young women. And I'm like, really? I got to ask, was it all white women? No. No, no, okay. Just no they were very careful about that. So okay. it it was it was multiracial. The, the there were like three, yeah. I think. And it was this. It was the same argument that they did with the bathroom bill. Yeah. <laughs> if transgender people go to the bathroom, you'll be right. It's like, oh. wait, what? What well, has that ever happened? Yeah. Like, what are you There's talking about? Going to the bathroom your whole life. <laughs> that's like the long game, right? That's, that's the, the long game. I'm gonna go through that operation just so I can go to the restroom with women. <laughs> To me, the irony of I'm going to have a surgery to remove my penis so I can see women Honestly, (laughs) honestly, though, there are a lot of trans women who do not do that surgery. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. um, But they don't rape people. Uh, You know, and and the fact is Yeah, we know, we know. The fact is, though, is that these women, what they're doing is they're making it easier for straight men to go into the bathroom of women's bathrooms because you take a trans man trans men look dead on like men i mean there's you give some testosterone you get the beard sometimes you get male pattern baldness i mean you you bulk up and so now you're telling this person this woman you think as a woman you're saying as a woman who's actually a man looks just like a man to go into the women's bathroom so now how easy is it for a man to just walk into the bathroom looking like a man instead you want these these men who you consider men who are women dressed very much like women who are taking testosterone blockers and taking estrogen to have to go into the male restroom. Now that's where a fucking crime is going to happen. And also we, we constantly come back to this sort of like rhetoric around crime and especially gendered crime and violence, right? We're so scared of rape, of street harassment, of these things occurring. And we use that to justify increased policing, uh, to police women from, you know, leaving homes and all of this stuff as well. Not being in the military. Yeah, but, but if you look at it, right, the, the, the vast majority of rapes or these sort of things that occur occur within family or within friends and family, the vast majority of kidnappings that occur are people that the child had already known. Um, and I think there's so much fear mongering that's used to justify policing of people's bodies. That isn't true, not, right? The, the, the fear mongering isn't and true. And then the people yeah. take it on. Like the case of the school that I was talking about. Here are these black and brown admin who are like, they're like, it's a saying in Farsi. It's like they are, they're, they're too flamed. Like they're burning so, so fervently with fire to, to catch people. It's like, The students are showing up to the classroom, whether their fingers smell or not high. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are showing up early in the morning high. And Uh then they got friends in their cars coming in and out of the school 
all sorts of stuff is happening. Why are you performing this exactly? What are you doing? Why are you doing And if you ask, the answer that I've heard often is that, oh, it's because we have to prepare them for when police will do this for them, for the real world, when they will take discrimination. All of it. It is poppy smell of fingers. I haven't heard that. Sir, please, uh, I need you to put your hands out the window so I can smell your fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I'll I'll give them to you a sec. (laughs) I'm not reaching for a gun, I swear. (laughs) That's hilarious. It's not loaded as it is. Oh my God. Ramesh brought up a really powerful point that I want to go back to just a sec. And it is the whole rhetoric of of policing and justifying it and how we keep putting it on rape and the sort of fear, uh, fear mongering around rape. The irony is, is the same people who do this, the Republicans, Mm. are the guys who in 2012, 170 members of the House, all men, all Republican, voted to redefine rape. And they came up with this language of legitimate rape versus illegitimate rape. Mm. And, and, and so the, the guys who are trying to legalize rape, literally, and by the way, for the record, uh, rape is totally legal in North Carolina and on Native American reservations. It's not <laughs> no enforcement of it. Um, so so the go- and it's because of the Republicans. And because of the, those guys, the fear mongers around rape are the guys who are trying to make it legal. Well, Roy, it's because it's because there's they they're not scared of just rape, right? They want rape within a marriage, within the family, all of this is a-okay. But a racialized rape is what they're scared of. That's they're afraid of white is. women being exactly. attacked by no black men. Exactly. Because in the meantime, when Betsy DeVos was Secretary of Education, she tried to get rid of all the stuff that the Obama administration had done around college campus rape. Yep. All and you have it, to do is look at the Baylor case with Ken Starr when he was there. I mean, that guy, that kid raped that woman until she passed out and woke up naked and vomit on her. She was still at the bonfire. She found her friend, went directly to Scott and White, did everything she was supposed to do. Cops arrested the guy. Judge let him off because it was his first rape. Hmm. Wow. Affluenza. Is that the affluenza kid? Yeah. That's affluenza. It was like, no, this was a while back when Ken Starr was still there. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. And of course he was affluent. He was, he was a white boy who was going to a private school. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's like they knew what happened. I mean, he was, he did it and he was convicted, but the judge said, "Eh." yeah. And, And it's only right. A minority of cases that ever make its way to, to a hospital or to a courtroom, um, to begin with, to begin with, uh, let alone those are that, that are even reported on college campuses. It's only a small fraction of the you know actual cases that occur that are even reported. Then administration tries to hush it up as best as possible and bully survivors. And then, yeah, that bullying takes place at each level to silence folks. Yeah. I think. And then talking about taking cases, I'm wa- I'm wondering what happens with uh, you know the the cops that stood around and watched Chauvin. Uh, their cases is coming up. Their cases are coming That's up. True. I'm curious. I'm going to, I'm curious to see what happens there and we'll see what kind of precedent that might hopefully set across the country. It's like, hey, you're going to be a cop and watch your watch your people, someone on your force, uh, you know, bully uh, the community you're supposed to serve. Then, you, you know, you're going to be held liable as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that's how that rolls as well. And we'll see what happens. I that would be amazing. Let's. Yeah. Good. Put good thoughts towards that. Yeah. 
All right. On that note, folks, please take care of yourselves. It has been a tough conversation. Go, go take a couple of breaths, take a walk outside, do something. Uh-huh. And, it's a nice yeah. thing. <laughs> Any Dude, closing thoughts from the RPM team? Susie, let's go to you first. Uh, as far as thoughts go, I am just um, hoping that, uh, th- that everybody does the right thing in the Dante Wright case and uh, et cetera. And I hope that, that the sentencing is really severe for Chauvin. Mm. Doctors Casagranda and Madanime Jad, thoughts from y'all. Thoughts are right before this, we went to People's Pharmacy and tried to get something for our anxiety. <laughs> Both of us. Wow. That's where we are. So we're reporting on y'all okay. with the product. Make that sure we got. make sure no one comes around to smell your fingers though when you're at work. <laughs> No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's FDA. Right, it's F- right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not, not that kind of people's service. <laughs> well, I can, I can. The people on the corner, the people on the corner. <laughs> Y'all it's let me know if you need pharmacy. any help. Yeah. Okay, we'll do. I'm the All people's right. pharmacy. Dude, I don't want to say anything. We'll, we'll do it off here after, after we end the recording. No, we'll talk. Don't. No, don't. We'll talk no. afterwards. Bye, okay, Roy, Roy Woody, Roy Woody, you're close. We're off. good. Uh, probably, he's probably gonna make me play Minecraft. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the rest you're gonna enjoy the rest of the day. Uh-huh. Lando, I'm giving you a hug. You sweetened up this this show. You should come Aww. back. I'm giving you a kiss too. <laughs> ah. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for calling you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> All right, cut the recording. Bye. Yeah, later. Thanks for tuning in. Ramesh, Ramesh, your last thoughts. Wait. Oh, yeah, I already gave it. I hit. Take I a hit walk. Oh. <laughs> Bye. Bye, y'all. All right. Do we stop?